Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Three and boom. We're back. Yes. Once again. Once again. Episode, this will be episode 80. No way. Yeah, dude. That's crazy. 80 fucking weeks of this nonsense. It is kind of, uh, that's insane. I don't know, I can't, there's not too many things, habits I've gotten into in my life that I do for 80 weeks straight without messing up here or there. Yeah, no, me neither, man. That's uh, that's kind of impressive. Yeah, and we had to like squeeze a few inks. Yes, yeah. but we we have put out a podcast every week for eighty weeks. For eighty weeks, so no, that's good, man. <clears throat> we deserve some sort of award. Maybe not. Maybe. I'm not sure what kind of award. <laughs> I don't know be. either, dude. Or from who? A participation <laughs> award. Participation we get a trophy. podcast participation yes. trophy. trophy. Perfect. Everybody else fucking does, man. I that's want right. my participation trophy. That's right, man. So I'm trying to like, uh, in case you're wondering, I'm over here fucking with my phone. It's all good. I'm, uh, oh, I got on airplane mode. Maybe that's a problem. I got all sorts of problems. That's only one of them. <laughs> so I woke up this morning and uh, 
my back. I told you, my, my fucking back. I did something to it. I'm blaming it on Fat Adam. I was wrestling with him and came home and, you know, he was... From Wednesday night? From Wednesday night. Yeah, he was smashing on me and shit. So, um, but anyways, I think it was, I was working out Tuesday morning. I did banded ramping ISOs. And then I was doing some swings, and I decided to do like the like the the Indian club rotational swings to the side, and I was feeling all good because I was you know blasting on my kratom, and <laughs> so we uh, I got a, a a mace um thing that I do me and Nick uh, at the end of the workout. I'll set a timer for it's six thirty second rounds, and like so I'll do a three sixty one direction for thirty seconds. 360 the other direction for 30 seconds and then 10 and twos for 30 seconds and then I switch hands and then repeat and you got three so it's like you know three minutes just straight and uh, I was like man I'm feeling good give me my 20 so I went and grabbed the 20 pound mace and was getting after it with that and did you make it all the way through the oh yeah house? yeah didn't have to sit the mace down at all no uh-uh. that's pretty good yeah it's been uh, I'll have to try that yeah, it's a it's a good little good little uh, mix because you're not counting, you're not worried about counting. You just have to do the reps, and it works out to about. I mean, in 30 seconds, you're doing like 15 some odd reps, so it comes out to a decent number of reps. You're pounding out before you put the mace down. But how was it? The 20 pretty tough. It was to hang on to at the end. That seems like your grip would really get fucking pretty. You small. know, it wasn't that bad. I. Uh, I did, like with the lighter mace, I'll kind of like flow through my 360s. Like I won't, with the 10 and 2, I had to like, there was a definite like a hat, like a pause. Yeah, you like, get bite down on it for a second. Yeah. yeah, and then go for the, for the next one. And that that actually kind of gave my grip a chance to, uh, to recover. And so as long as I did that, I was fine. But um, no, it was good. Yeah, the 10 and 2s, you don't get that break. You just got to keep going. But uh, anyway, that your story. no, 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 but all that shit, man. And then <laughs> rolling with Adam, and I'm sure it wasn't Adam's fault, but I do just like to sure shit on Adam. And uh, and then yeah, man, on Wednesday night, my lower back was a little tweaky and woke, yeah, it's been kind of bugging me. And so this morning, I woke up at like six o'clock and I couldn't go back to sleep because my fucking back was bugging me. It's just stiff from laying there all night, so I had to get up and start moving. So I got up all early and Got all motivated and made a bunch of notes for the podcast today. Nice. I told you I already recorded another podcast for Bike James this morning, and you have a lot of shit to say today, James. I, I guess I do. You're man. Usually not at a loss for words, though. I might say. Uh, yeah, I know. Much to everybody's chagrin. <laughs> for sure. It's usually not a problem to get you going on something. Uh huh. So, <laughs> no, man. I got some cool stuff. I got some good bro science shit. Sweet. That I found, but. Uh, I did, uh, I was thinking back, man, I never talked about the Hanger Seminar. Yeah, you did. I don't think I did. It was just our personal conversation. Yeah, I don't think. Dude, I, no, no, you talked about it. I went, we, like, the Mono Plata and yeah, all that yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 I fucking even titled one of the episodes, the Josh Hanger Seminar. No, nah, I don't something. know if I did. But anyways, yeah, if I didn't, I will just recommend, highly recommend his seminar. So, he's a good, good coach. His Mono Plata shit is pretty sweet. And uh, it's funny now that like just because you went to that and then you were you've been doing a little bit here and there. When I'm watching people roll, you you'll see plenty of opportunities for that monoplaza come yeah. up. it's not something that it's not an opportunity I ever really looked for. Right. But now that I see it, I'm like, hmm, I can see some value in that. And all of a sudden, you see it start popping up. Well, I bet you if you put his leg there, 
you know, that's yeah, it's kind of funny. I've been I've been picking it out it, like unintentionally. I'll just be watching. Yeah, and I almost yelled at somebody the other day, like, "Hey, go for the model plotter!" Right here. <laughs> and I was like, "That's gonna be so. That's gonna fuck them all up." Yeah, I'd be like, "What?" It's a pretty simple move. Like Kelly hit it on somebody the other day, and because uh, yeah, once you find yourself in that position and you recognize it, mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, well, I got it. yeah." It's not that hard to set mm-hmm. up. And the thing that sucks is everybody thinks they're defending a triangle. Like that's what makes it so. Uh, it's just it's on the way to a triangle. It's kind of like a pit stop. It's like, oh, well, I got a, I got a submission here, right? And if I lose it, well, I'll just go straight to the, go to the triangle. But um, yeah, I think it was one of those moves that when you hear it, you're thinking like, go go plotter yeah. or some ridiculous yeah. flexible nonsense. And but uh, no, it's a, it's it's a surprisingly basic move that I'm uh, I'm I'm surprised that more people haven't seen. Like I've asked a bunch of people, uh, you know, if they've seen it or heard of it before. And, Man, almost no one has. I don't think I've come across anyone. I think maybe Kevin had, but like who who actually knew what it was? They'd heard, like at the best they'd heard of it, right. but they didn't know what it was. And uh, yeah, I never really fucked with it. And I, I mean, I had seen that position and didn't know it was called that. But it's not a position you see somebody attack a lot. Yeah. And then uh, just like you said, I hear the name Mono Plata. Instantly, my brain goes to like fucking Gogo Plata. Yeah. And I just check it off the list. Like this fucking. Parlor chicks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Contortionists, some, some nonsense. That's why I was interested to go see Josh Hanger doing it because he's not a he's not parlor trick nonsense kind of guy, mm-hmm. and so that's why I was like, man, if this guy's using it and he's using it as part of his uh, Hanger team, which is you know an Armin guillotine, uh, you know it, it sets up off of that, and so you got that arm isolated, and so you start to lose that Hanger team. It's easy to step over and start setting up the the monoplata. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good move, man. I'm glad I went to that seminar and starting to get more people in the gym doing the, doing that move. Cause yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we talked about it, man. Yeah, maybe. Pretty I don't sure. know. I think we, we may have. So, but anyways, I, I did just want to make sure that I threw that out there. Just that, in case. <laughs> just in case I didn't. Yeah. The monoplata shit was great. And, and, uh, Hingers, he's a good coach, man. I mean, I don't say that about everybody. But uh, he said at the he coaches kids class, and so it makes you you really have to become a good coach for going to explain something to a kid. So he had all these little uh, rhymes like fist to the wrist and melty face cheese and shit like that. That but you remember it? it it's hilarious, you. man. Yeah. yeah, I totally remember it. So I make up ridiculous <laughs> like that all the time for myself. Yeah, I don't want to share it with everybody. Rest. Yeah, he used to make up a silly name or something. I hope you remember. It's, uh, yeah. The Tornado of Justice Pass. That's that was, right. That was working pretty good before he got hurt. That's right, man. Mm-hmm. Tornado of Justice. That's right. I had the breeze of fucking equality. <laughs> <laughs> the breeze of equality. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't quite there. Wasn't quite there. I didn't quite get it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Speaking of, uh, um, passes, I've been fucking finding that float pass position it's good, man. more, especially that, you know what, the double knee slide pass, yeah. that works for me. That first one that you were showing to me off of there was just, it was like, I don't know, my brain just was not clicking, but man, as soon as you showed me the double knee slide, or showed Kiele, uh the double knee slide from that position, now I'm like, oh, oh okay, I see this shit, so... Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny. Pass. You know, you know what's funny about that is like if I like, because the full pass is just that setup position, right? Like a right. head, like a headquarters. Yeah. 
And then there's a ton of different style passes. You can do a ton of different passes, plus a ton of different style passes. Like some are more of a slow grindy, some are more of a, a little bit more of explosive, explosive athletic move. You know, it kind mm-hmm. of varies, right? And if I had to pick one that's like you would have liked, it would have been that kind of that first one I thought because it is more of a slow grindy technical. Yeah. Like, you know, you're just like step one, you know, open, blah, 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 blah. Like it's the, but then the, the double knee slice is you get all set up and you're like pop up and boom. Pop, boom. And so it's not one that I think you would <laughs> like. I would have I picked it the other way. Like, gee, yeah. I like this one. Well, you know, I, the, the knee slide is a little bit more leg pummely. Yeah. You know, because it really is. It's just a matter of like, oh, shit, there's my, yeah, like, you see the knee line, and, like, that's the way I see it. It's like, oh, once I get my knee beats their knee, I win. And so, it, uh, yeah, I guess, like, for me, it made sense because, like, it it was a little more leg pummely. I was like, oh, shit, I just pummel my knee inside right here, and, like, boom. So, but, uh, anyways, yeah, I'll keep working on it, but the, the float pass has been... Um, trying to find it, trying to force it a little bit more. So. Yeah, if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, Dad Marocha <laughs> yes. has a full pass instructional on jiu-jitsu. Yep. That you guys can go pick up. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Grumpy Guy 10, save 10%. Save 10%. Yeah, that's right. So. Just share the little secret. This might, I don't know. I don't think I'll piss anybody off. We say stupid shit on here anyways. But you can only use that Grumpy 10 uh, discount code once because you create an account, right? Oh yeah. And you buy stuff digitally, and it just it adds to your digital oh, library. Yeah. And you got You got to log in to access your library, right? Makes sense. Well, you can only use that Grumpy Ten discount code once. Oh wow! And you go in to use it again, you can't. So a little hack: just create yourself another little fucking email address, and just and then make another Jujitsu account and just buy it from there. Yeah, there you go. That's huh. what I do. So That's I have like right now I have like three Jujitsu accounts. <laughs> 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 and I just I gotta remember like which which account for which instructional I wanna watch that's funny it's kinda funny so huh. just in case somebody needs to hack the system didn't know that yeah. so good anyways um oh yeah we got the Gordon Ryan passing did videos. you download that yet? I did yeah I put him in Dropbox oh nice okay so I gotta figure out how to get you access cool. to the folder but uh should be pretty easy yes I, I yeah I guess so I wouldn't think would, yeah be difficult so for our uh our buddy our, Chris, our George. Montrose brothers shared him, so we'll get a chance to check out some of that. But uh, yeah. speaking of that, you know the octopus or jitsu is uh, you see Keenan because you know he still wants to yeah. compete, and under fucking stupid IBJJF rules, you got to be affiliated with somebody, right? So I, you know, I thought he was gonna end up affiliating with Henzo, you know, in New York, but he affiliated affiliated with the BJJ Globetrotters, right? Yeah, because they don't have any requirements. <clears throat> no, you just sign Their up. The requirement you just sign up. Yeah. You do jiu-jitsu when you sign up. Yeah. They don't even check if you do jiu-jitsu. If you just went to the website and signed up, you could probably sign up. It's, yeah. It's so. easy. Seems to be uh, so that's what one of his lines. Yeah. No, I saw that, that's actually. The, I was reading it. Because uh, there's been nothing said, right? There's no official word on like what happened with him and like why he was asked to leave Atos. But I guess he's had like a few uh, um, things he's posted online you know, talking about like, you know, leadership and only helping people if it helps them and stuff like that. So, but, uh, dude, one of the funny things I read was that there may have been some jealousy going on because Keenan's personal, uh, instructional website is pretty popular. Like he's, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, the Atos, one, which you probably didn't even know until this moment that Atos had, <laughs> an online instructional website, uh, is not doing so well. 
I honestly like I, I've seen them like put out videos, but I didn't know they had a subscription based service like Keenan does. Yeah. You know, the Keenan Online right, right, instructionals. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know they had one. Yeah. That's, that's funny. So anyways, I was I was again, this is complete rumor mill nonsense. I don't I don't know what there is to it. But that is kind of funny. And you can dude, human beings are funny, man. I mean, Keenan is uh He's he's funny. He's successful. He's a good looking dude. He's got this fucking online thing that's killing it. Like, it's hard not to hate the guy. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we 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 pretend that human nature is different than that, but like it's we both know that it's fucking it's, not, it man. Is, it is not. It's really hard not to be jealous of your lieutenants. That has like been, dude. It's just funny. Like looking back, like history is just strewn with stories of leaders who either didn't trust their lieutenants to there uh, and then you know didn't work for them or lieutenants not feeling appreciated and feeling that they need to start their own, their do, do their own thing right yeah man and that's that's the hardest thing is like having strong personalities around you uh, as a leader but it's uh, yeah it's fucking human nature man it's funny. so it is funny it is funny, but uh, if that is what it, one of the things that contributed to it, but when they read it, I was like, "Damn, I can totally see that. I can totally see them being jealous as fuck that he's killing it with his worm guard instructionals." But man, he's good. His, you know, it his, works. Yeah, his ads are funny. Mm-hmm. Like he's a funny guy. He's figured some shit out, and uh, so good for him. So BJJ Glowtrotters at the moment. And yeah, just because there's really no requirements. Yeah, I think that's kind of what he said. It yeah, it's not. Yeah, so good for him. I'm, I'm glad there's an option for him like that, so that he doesn't have to join somewhere or whatever. It's like you just let him. Yeah, I was. He needs I, some time. I, dude. I was really curious because you know he started at Lloyd Irvin, right? You know yes, when he yes. first started coming on the scene yes. and fucking people up in competitions. Yep. He was the Lloyd Irvin guy. Yes. And I don't remember exactly what happened with the split. Like if he split from them. It was You're, during that whole that shenanigans yeah the shenanigans. Was, the shenanigans yep. or was he just like no nah, I mean again hold on so going out there and trying to broaden his jujitsu horizons don't quote because I was just getting into jujitsu around then yeah. and so I was pretty like nerding out on the shit I actually bought his first I have it in here somewhere his uh, here we go right here breakthrough jujitsu concepts Dude, Mr. Mr. Keenan Cornelius young he looks at that yeah dude, I think he just got in his brown belt that's funny or something and so. He, uh, or, or had his brown belt. Anyways, it wasn't even a black belt yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it was during the shenanigans because I think the whole Lloyd Irvin team basically broke up. Like, because he had a bunch of... They still exist? No, I know they do now, but, like, there was a point where, like, a lot of his, his bigger name guys didn't want to be associated yeah, a lot of with that. Jump ship. And so they jumped ship. And that's why, I, I, like, my understanding was that was when Keenan went over to Atos was during that whole nonsense. So, but yeah, I totally remember. I, I remember seeing some videos of him with Lloyd Irvin. Oh, yeah. Like instructional videos. And he looked young back still, then. Yeah. Dude, he was young. He was, he like was a teenager, young. dude. Yeah. I think back in the early days. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a long time ago, man. It's like it was. almost seven years ago. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. Mm. Fuck yeah, dude. There was something else jiu-jitsu related I was going to bring up. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh you see, you. I don't think you probably saw it because you don't have ESPN Plus. But did you see the first um, season? The first, I guess, what do you call it? 
like first episode of the PFL last night. The PFL is the Professional Fighters League, and it, it's a it's MMA, but they run a a season. Right. You know, well, they pretty, did it on they did uh, last year. Was the first yeah. year they did it. This is the second year they're starting. It just started last night. It's on That's ESPN right. Plus. It's a pretty fucking cool format, man. They, Sorry. They got the they got the regular season, the playoffs, the championship. Yeah. And then you get, I think like the point system is like if you win, you get three points. Uh, and then there's bonuses. Like if you if you win in the first round, whether submission or knockout, you get an additional three. If you do it in the second round, you get an additional two, so on and so right. forth. So if you win and you knock somebody out or submit them in the first round, you get six points. And that's like the most points possible for a fight. And the, the points accumulate, you make it to the playoffs. Yeah. It's pretty fucking cool. I think so, yeah. But you know, it's kind of weird. And at first, I, I didn't have any idea why, but then I kind of started to rationalize it. There's no elbows. This is professional fucking mixed martial arts. And they are not allowed to throw elbow strikes standing on the ground or nothing. And I was like, that's fucking weird. But then I was like, well, it is a season, and elbows cut like yeah. a motherfucker. Yeah. So maybe that's their angle. I'd, but they all knees to the head. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, when you were saying that, that's totally what I was thinking. Yeah, elbows do cut. Elbows, elbows cut. cut. Yeah, man, that's, they're definitely different. And it's hard to heal up. You get a nice big gash on your eyebrow. Yeah. You can get stitches and shit. It's hard to heal up yeah. in time until you're back training, trying to be ready for the next fight. Yeah. So that was the rationale I came up with. Ah, that must be the reason. Makes sense. But, uh. But anyways, it's pretty fucking cool. They're doing that squirrely shit, though. I don't like... They do... Because it's not even a pay-per-view. It's just a, an, an event. And they did, like, the first however many fights on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. And then, like, the last couple fights of the night, they switch over to ESPN2. Oh. Uh. It's like, you motherfuckers. You know, because I don't have cable. You know, or direct TV or anything. But luckily, my dad gives me his login for his Dish Network or whatever. And so... I can just I can just pirate that, just go over there and use his login. I call family password. Password sharing. sharing. Oh yeah, they use my what do they use? They use my Hulu. Everybody in my family uses my Hulu. I'll go to watch it sometimes and say there's too many people logged in. That's funny. That's funny. Fuckers. That is hilarious, man. Yeah, that's uh that is I I would agree with that, but it does seem a little funny. It's almost like, you know, a giant jujitsu organization not allowing reaping or something right. ridiculous like that. So Right. So, yeah. But it's still cool. I still like the format. Yeah, no, that is a super cool format. I like that. I remember thinking when last year hearing about it, it was uh I never watched great. it last year. And I, I, can't I didn't either. Probably because I didn't have cable at all. And I think that was the only place to watch it last year. I can't remember where. Yeah. There wasn't like a subscription service you could have to see it. Like that's kind of the only thing with that is that like you have to want to watch the, the tournament. Right. Yeah, because the thing with that draws people to a UFC fight most of the time is the story. And that's why, like, the whole thing, oh, it has to be a title fight to be... No, it doesn't. Like, people don't give a fuck if there's a title on the it's line. It's like, behind it. Yeah, yeah. If it's Cowboy and, and uh, um, Connor, like, fuck a title. Like, we want to see that shit. That's a good story right there. But it's harder for that story element to... Because, uh, one, like, the PFL is not going to attract people that you already know. Uh, and then, right. and so you're, you're building that story. So by the end, you know, if you've been watching, it's probably a lot like the ultimate fighter, the, you know, you, you got all these unknown fighters and by the end, you know, their story you kind of bought into them. and you yeah. bought into them, yeah. but there's that, that's kind of the hard thing is like, I, you got to start watching it to build the story. They're not building the story and then selling you on right. it like the UFC fight. So it's a little easier, you know, uh, to, 
you know, for me to, to, you know, watch a UFC fight and be like, oh man, the PFL's on. I gotta make sure I set my clock or whatever to watch that shit. Well, see, I made that decision because I like it. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna follow it this yeah. year. So I, I kind of forgot it was coming on last night and then, you know, it popped up in like an email or something. I was like, oh yeah. So fuck, I kicked down the old ESPN Plus and yeah, I'm gonna follow that shit all the way through. See how it goes. And yeah, because it, it's a year or from now until the end of the year. The finals, the championship fights are on New Year's Eve. So yeah, those yeah. are cool, man. Didn't like Pride used to do shit like that? They'd have like their Grand Prix. They, they or would whatever. have Grand Prix. I just didn't get those fucking trophies that were like three Huge. times as tall as you were. Those are so cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Those are so awesome. Hell yeah. I remember when I was in karate as a kid, I always wanted one of them giant ass trophies. Yeah. I got a couple that were pretty tall. Those things look pretty sweet. I never man. got one that tall. No. Not six foot fucking tall. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been cool though. It would have been cool. Yeah. You know, I got a bunch of small ones for soccer. Yeah. And never a big giant one. So, anyways. I guess we should have tried harder. Should have tried harder, man. We should have. Did you see the completely unrelated note? Uh, did you see that psychedelic mushrooms got yes. decriminalized? It's not all in Colorado, right? Just in Denver City? It's just Denver, yeah. You know, or Denver County so or whatever. decriminalized is basically, it's not legal. It's not legal. They just aren't going to fucking throw your ass in jail and try and ruin your life forever. Basically, the like the legal words I've, I've read put to it is when, now that it's decriminalized, it is it would be against policy or the law for the city government to use any resources to pursue uh, any grief for you, con- you know, concerning psychedelic mushrooms. Yeah. It, like, they cannot put any employees' efforts, any time, any money towards, you know, suing somebody or, you know, char- pressing charges on somebody for mushrooms. Right. So that's really all it is. is yeah. They're just kind of, it's one of those things that this is the first step. You know, They'll still take your mushrooms. They'll take them. And I'm sure they will take them. Yes. Because it's illegal to buy and sell. Yeah. So you can cultivate your own. Yeah. But they're supposed to just kind of turn a blind eye is really is what they're saying. Right. Yeah. See, I got turned on to the decriminalization thing when I was going to, uh, um, where did I go? Albuquerque. Because New Mexico is a decriminalized state for, with, for marijuana. Yeah. So... Cause it, uh, um, so yeah, anyways, didn't used to be that way. What was it, Arizona? And some of them had some pretty fucking hard weed laws for a while. Yeah, so, Vegas had some hard ones for a while. Yeah, man. Yeah, that, that was like the biggest That's irony weird. all time. All time, man. Like super hard weed laws and yet people are getting blasted <laughs> on everything. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, that was when I was, when I looked into it and I was, like, okay, so basically what you're saying is you'll take my shit, but you're not going to throw me in jail and try and ruin my life over it. So, yeah. all right, I just won't take a bunch. It's a, it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> it is a step in the right direction, yeah. Mushrooms are an interesting one. I mean, the, the I guess, like, the problem is people confuse the argument, right? Like, I, I would say that most rational people are going to say that, like, man, mushrooms don't need to be sold next to like candy bars nope. right you don't need to be able to walk in the gas station and be like yeah i'm gonna get some ho-hos on coffee <laughs> and uh, you know give me a couple cups mushroom. of mushrooms <laughs> not a good idea right so and but the thing is is the way that it's at right now is you can't do it's really tough to do research on it yeah and and there are some you know uh, benefits for that 
And man, just from a recreational standpoint, again, like we're fucking adults. Like it's we should be able to uh, do whatever we want, recreate like we want, as long as we're not impinging on uh, you know somebody else's rights. And so, uh, yeah, man. I, I, so figuring out exactly where mushrooms shake out, it's not exactly like weed. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly like what. What does the future of mushrooms look like? I don't know. That's the question. <clears throat> like, what is what is a world where where mushrooms are quote unquote legal look I, like? I, I was thinking about that. Can I see like there being mushroom dispensaries like weed is? Right. Or do, like weed and mushroom dispensary. You know, does would they kind of like commingle? Commingle. But, but but would you have a dispensary type situation one That's way or I was, the other? I was trying to think about that. I don't know. That's it. That gives mushrooms are no joke. No, they're not a joke, man. That's you, where it's you like, got to take them serily. If yeah, you just you know some psilocybin. It's not weed. It's, it's not weed. I mean, you can have a somewhat psychedelic experience by eating a lot of weed. Yeah, even weed has some issues. Right, but it's not mushrooms. No, no. And you can't really explain a mushroom trip until you've taken a mushroom trip. That's the problem. And, that, and that's the big problem, too, is a lot of these assholes writing the laws on this shit have never taken fucking mushrooms. Right. That should be a requirement. That's what the law they should have passed. Like, okay, these things are decriminalized. Now, when we start putting policies in place, everybody writing and reviewing policies needs to go on a mushroom trip and then report back to us. That's the fucking move. That's if, the only way proper policies are If you didn't, written. if you fucking have a psychotic break, you obviously were you were, not. You shouldn't have been writing policy for us. Writing policy for us. Simple man. as that. Yeah. And they do it in a controlled hospital-like environment. Hospital-like. Padded room. In <laughs> some yeah. video games. Yeah, man. No, I think that there's definitely a... Uh, yeah, something. I mean, we've said it before, dude. If everybody did mushrooms, smoked weed, and did jiu-jitsu, man, you talk to God, you get paranoid, you get your ass kicked on a regular basis, and... You'll be doing all right. Yeah, things would be a lot smoother for more people. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know what that future looks like. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, we'll see how, how it sticks. But it is funny, man. Like, there are some uh, areas of Denver you're wandering around and you're going, I'm like, really? You really need to, like, fucking legalize <laughs> mushrooms for these motherfuckers? <laughs> like, Denver's an interesting city, man. It is an interesting city. They've got an interesting culture. They do. So, I like it. You have to, man. Most of Colorado does. You Most know, Colorado, yeah. It's got a pretty interesting culture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely a different. Well, on this side, it's kind of funny, though. On this side of the mountains, on the western slope, it's a weird mix over here. Yes. There's, of course, there's quite a few people like us that are, we're kind of hippie-ish, you know, when it comes to all that stuff, but there is a lot of fucking hardcore MAGA hat wearing, Bible-thumping, gun-toting people on this side of the mountain. Yeah, dude. there's no dispensaries in this town. Yeah. I mean, so it's weird. It's they want to raise weird. our taxes, but they won't fucking put it in a dispensary, man. It's fucking ridiculous. So like that's ridiculous. literally what we're dealing with. So, yeah, no, I know it is a weird mix over here because you got a lot of you got a lot of transplants, people moving in because it is a, a beautiful place. Cost of living is not absurd, and uh, but yeah, a lot of the a lot of the people that were born and raised here are definitely of the all you need is Jesus. <laughs> Um, ilk for all the most need, part. All you need is Jesus. All you need is Jesus. Which I don't mind. I don't mind those people. The only problem is is like when you start like trying to enforce on me that all I need is Jesus. You think that? You want to tell me that? You want to have that discussion? Man, I'll, that's fine. 
But now you're going to start passing laws and trying to legislate morality based on your all-you-need-is-Jesus bullshit? It's like, not, come on, man. That's not... Not cool. That's not cool. Not very Jesus-like. It's not. It's not very Jesus-like. So, anyways. anyways. Not that I pretend to speak for the man, but... <laughs> I'm going to fucking assume. Speaking of gods... Yes! Uh, you know, so I'm reading the Iliad right now. Yeah. Dude, I like those old fucking books, man. I got through... The introduction was dense. Like, so... I'm oh, reading, you actually read the introduction? Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to... Okay. The, 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 I think the translation I got is by... Guys, last guy's last name Lattimore. I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyways, like the first fucking... Oh, the Lattimorean trend? I'm fucking <laughs> with you, dude. Like the first like 75 pages. And this shit was like small type, single spaced, fucking dense. He was packing a lot of information into this fucking intro. You know, he was talking all about, you know, the sources he cited. Because he doesn't speak or read ancient fucking Achaean or whatever. Right. Was written in. I Achaean. What, Achaean, there you go. Yep. He doesn't speak or translate that. So he had to read translations to do his translation of it. You know, and so he said that's an interesting thing to think about. So he read several. And then so he just talked about all the different tools that go into taking on a task like that, you know. Huh. And why the reason behind it, Did why you mention Adderall? No, that was, <laughs> dude, that was entrenched. Something has has to be, be something man. has to be. Cause that, dude, yeah, it's a fucking big task to go translate yes. that. Because then, you know, he talks about the different styles and the poetic, the blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. But yeah. anyways, so I got past that. And uh, now I'm actually into the, the book itself. I'm only on, like, book three or something. But, dude, I fucking dig it. It's interesting the way it's written. It takes, once you get in the groove, though, it's not bad. No. It's not bad. No, I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah, once you, you got to get in the groove of it a little groove. bit. Because it's definitely different than, like, Stephen King or some shit For like sure. that. For sure. But yeah, once you, yeah, I do too, man. I told yeah, I you. Like that's it. why I talk about that shit. Yeah, and it, but the, that reading that stuff is what got me really curious about reading like the Greek histories, because like I don't know. I was like, I want to know more about uh, this world. You know, like like it wasn't even so much like the Iliad, but the world that the Iliad lived in. You know, like that was a, a cornerstone story for everyone in a society. I mean, you had everyone in that area grew up on that story and it was like a cornerstone of that people pointed to like, this is how you're supposed to fucking be or, you know, examples of, of different uh, things. But um, yeah, that's a good one, man. I know, was it the Diomed? Is that his name? The fucking... It's like the first part. Um, like, where are you at? Are no. they fighting yet? No. Oh, they was, they're not even starting fighting. Oh, yet. Jesus! They're, they're arguing, you know, over the you right. Know, he didn't accept the ransom for his daughter, blah blah blah, you know. And so, and he went to the, you know, Achilles went to the god and was all sad, and and they're going through all that fucking rigmarole right now. They haven't started fighting yet. They're close. Oh but they my god, yet. dude, that is hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. I forgot about that. That's right. So they they're arguing over who gets to keep. They go in sack a city, basically. Yep. And they're divvying up the ladies. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, Achilles gets one chick, and Agamemnon, Agamemnon gets another. And it's like, I think it's Agamemnon's daughter that Achilles got, or some shit. It's weird. It was, it was one of somebody's daughter. I forget whose daughter it was. Yeah. And he went to go, but he refused to pay ransom for it. And then he just demanded her back. And then so then he sent a couple of goons to come take her back from Achilles, and he, he, he gave in and gave her back. 
That's right, the girl, that's right, Achilles, the girl, no, Achilles ended up with the daughter of some right. rich dude right. who came and ransomed her from Agamemnon because he was the, he was the king, he was the head right. fucking dude. And so he went and ransomed from him, and so he went and took the chick, and then he wouldn't give Achilles anything in return. Right. And Achilles was like, hey man, you took my girl that we went and killed her whole family and killed after <laughs> I think that you should not be able to keep the girl that we that you kidnapped. Nope. Agamemnon was like, fuck off. No, and so that's why he spent the first... That's right. The, the Trojan War lasted 10 years. And he spent the first nine plus sitting on sidelines because of that. Because of that. Pouting. Pouting. Pouting over... Pouting. Over, over chicks. Over chicks. <laughs> kidnapping chicks. <laughs> I remember that. I'm like, how outrageous is this? Uh-huh. Like from a 21st century standpoint... Looking back on that, just like, again, you can't judge, you know, there's no moral judgments no. being cast. It's a different time and place. But when you just sit back and you really think about it, like, holy shit, they went, they burned down a city, they <laughs> killed everyone that these chicks knew, and they kidnapped them. And then, well, not everybody, now they're, you know. Now they're right? trading them back. And now they're like trading them back and forth and arguing over them. <laughs> like, wow, well, I, I lost my slave chick, so you should lose your slave <laughs> chick. It's like, no. It's crazy. It is crazy, man. But it's a good book. It is, dude. I, so. I like it. I, just, I don't know, man. Just you get into the groove of reading it, and I, I just, dude, I dig it. Yeah, I like it. yeah. It's a good story. They yeah. they knew how to tell a good story. They did. So that's why. Uh, yeah, it's a good movie too. Even if Brad Pitt's in it. Brad Pitt's from fellow brother from Oklahoma. So. Okay. Yeah. Random shit. Random. Yeah. Super random. Wasn't expecting that. No. People don't know. Speaking of random shit. Speaking of random shit. I think shit. that's all the other random shit I had. Oh, you're there was something shit? else that I'm sure will come in my head at some inopportune time and I'll blurt it out like I got fucking Tourette's. But. I got some uh, some gross science. Actually, I, I, I took a note when uh, there was an interesting thing with Dan John when I had breakfast with him. He hires a personal trainer. Really? Yeah, he has a trainer. And the reason is he's like, man, I need somebody to make me do things that I wouldn't do myself. That's that's a perfect example of what we talk about all the time is knowing yourself. Yeah. You know, and knowing where you're, where there's your weekend, and then figuring out, you know, hacks for that. Yeah. And apparently, that's where he's like, oh, I don't want to do this. If I'm just up to me to do this, I'm not going to do it. Right. Yeah. So I need that commitment to somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But man, even that, he's like one of the best strength coaches in the world, yeah. and he still like sees the value in having someone. Uh, help him with what he's doing so if you're not one of the best strength coaches in the world you probably use a little help with what you're doing too which is where you know doing some i mean man honestly if you take your training seriously and you're trying to fucking you're all you do is just look for the free shit like you're not taking your training seriously no man like you you gotta invest in something i mean there's definitely there's definitely programs out there that are worth investing in, besides the ramping isometrics program, of course, uh, which is one. But you know, there's other, there's a lot of other good coaches out there, and and they've uh, have programs. But yeah, man, like, you know, that, that that's like kind of hiring. Like when you buy a training program or you buy a book that Dan John wrote, and you and it has a training program in it, it's kind of like hiring Dan John as a coach, in a way. In a way. You know, it's, it, and so, but that's, that's the thing is like, for me, that's why like, I feel, uh, I'm a, you know, a decent strength coach is like in a way I, and I, man, in more ways, like I have literally hired and paid 
several coaches over my career to handle my training and help and then investing in programs you know going to workshops and seminars always being the dude sitting at the front fucking taking notes it's uh you know it's don't go to those things just to fucking party although that's fun too um but uh yeah man if if you're not if you're not investing something in your training you're not taking it seriously so but it was just cool just you know see dan he's constantly investing in his uh you know, going to seminars and hiring yeah, a trainer. He's fucking 60 years old, you know? Yeah, man. Plus years old, whatever he is. Yeah, he's literally been a coach for 40 years. Yeah. But that's why he's a good coach, because he's always doing that. So, but uh, anyways, I found it kind of inspiring. I thought it was kind of cool. That is cool. That, that says a lot about his character. Yeah. Yeah, that really does. It does, man. He's a super humble guy, yeah. which is uh, which is cool. All right, man, you ready for some bro science? Fuck yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I went digging around, and there's actually... Quite a bit of uh, of studies concerning judo athletes and wrestlers because they're both Olympic sports. Okay. And mixed in with those are some BJJ studies. Really? Yes. Done by who? People. People. Scientists. Yeah. People with lab coats. Could be man. Could be fucking could Russian be. trolls. <laughs> Russian bots, for all I know. Russian research bots. Could be a couple of idiots like us. Could be. But uh, so, anyways, I was digging around and found a couple cool. Uh, studies that I thought I'd share. So, um, man, the first one was really interesting. They're looking at linear versus undulating periodization for judo athletes. Say that y'all again. Linear versus undulating periodization for judo athletes. Okay. So, in a nutshell, linear periodization is where you uh, there, there's usually a straight line. Like you, you generally you start like high reps, like 15 to 12. And over the course of the program, you move down to low reps, like three to five. And there's, it's generally a straight line. Straight uh, progression. Yeah, you go from like 15 to 10 to eight to five or, or reverse. But it's, there's, that, that's, that's the definition of a linear periodization model is there's a, a, a straight progression. Undulating is where you're alternating intensities. So you have a high rep day and then a low rep day and then a high rep day and a low rep day. So you do like 15 and eight and 10 and five and 15 and eight. So there'd be more, you know, you're still kind of using the same rep ranges, but the way that you're using them is different. And so you got more acute changes from uh, either day to day or from training block to training block, depending upon how long it is. So in a nutshell, that's the difference between the two periodization models. It has nothing to do with what I'm about to reveal to you. So the, the, the study, they had him doing a, a training program um, and included in the test was a simulated judo match, which was three uh, five-minute rounds with 15 minutes rest in between uh, rounds, which at a competition, like that's, you know, pretty accurate. Yeah, pretty accurate. A, a jiu-jitsu match, it's not five minutes with a minute rest. It's right. you, you got fucking probably Time 10, between, 15 yeah. minutes between matches. So the simulated judo test was part of their testing protocol. And the other parts were your standard, you know, strength, uh, power. They were, you know, measuring like, uh, you know, increases in circumference of like their forearm and isometric strength. They're having them hang from like a judo gi on a bar and, you know, testing their uh, how many reps they could get with 70% of their one rep max on the bench press. It was like pretty legit, you know, some jumps and and things, uh, body fat and, and mass and stuff. And so what they found was both of them 
had the same effect as far as increasing everything. So at the end of the eight weeks, both programs had pretty similar effects on the on on those. Uh, they saw increases in power, strength, decreases in fat, increases in you know uh, size. So standard stuff. Here's the crazy thing: they saw no difference in the simulated judo matches. None. They were like there was no difference in RPE. The, from their observation, there was no difference in like uh, their their uh, what, how do they put it their um, technical action. The quote was there was no change in RPE, physiological response or technical action during the simulated judo matches. Hmm, that's kind of tough. So say that again. There was no say say that one more time. The there was no change in rate of perceived exertion so, so yeah that's that's what i say that's that's hard to measure no it's not the rate of perceived exertion perceive is just your perception of it i mean how do you you don't fucking measure that that's just no you do rp is a completely legitimate measurement is it yeah well, do they measure heart rate or something well no measure? but they, the physiological response was the heart rate and stuff like your rpe so if you go in there and and, and you do a judo match in like eight weeks prior you're like dude that was an eight and then you come back and you're like, man, I was like, I was like a six, you know, like, like that's the, or you're like, that was an eight. And they noticed that, you know, your physiological response was better or your technical action was better. So at the same effort, at your, at your same perceived effort level, you had a higher output. <clears throat> See, RPE is super important because what do you use when you're rolling? Do you, do you use a heart rate monitor? You use RPE. RPE. Yeah. So it's super important. It's actually. And I know it's important, but like as far as, it's I guess I mean honestly I, I'm not schooled in it enough. But even just in the name itself, rate of right. Well, of course it's a, it's subjective. Like, it's of subjective course it's subjective. So it's not like a concrete measurement. No, that's, but that's, that's why it's only one thing. That's only one thing though right. that they measure. Okay. But that's why they measure that with athletes is like what is your RPE because it, it does give them an indication of like okay how hard do you feel you're working. And then we can look at these other numbers and see like how hard were you and are you like what's the output from this effort level from you and so like that's the goal as you get to where we always talk about it like if you bump your 80 percent up your 100 percent will increase as well right so like if you increase your your capacity at an eight right like that's the thing it's like where you used to have to go to a 10 to do that well now you're able to achieve the same damn thing at an eight like we know that you're improving, Improved. but if all we're looking at is the output, well, the output's the same. Okay. Right. But your RPE helps tell us that, well, you know, you, you are improving because it, it doesn't feel as hard. Right. It took you a six to, to do this many such and such last time when you were at nine. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So right, anyways, when you add it in with that, you know, it, 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 it becomes valuable. <laughs> so, but anyways, I, I mean, just on a side note, I think RPE, like most people need to use it more. Uh, you know they pay too much attention to heart rate during training, and then they don't use heart rate when they when they compete, right? And so, well, like there's a disconnect there. Like if, if you use RPE when you compete, you should be using RPE when you, when you train, and you know maybe using heart rate as a as a way to you know help. look at output and help. But yeah, you should be measuring it based on RPE and not fucking heart rate. Like I, heart rate based training is really. Uh, um, flawed that way but anyways so their conclusion like the conclusion of the study was that short term the short term 
physical gains from the program did not transfer to the match conditions. And so, man, it's fucking interesting. It is interesting. Like, so, it, like, what that got me thinking was fight camps. How long is a, t- a fight camp? Eight weeks on the average. Yeah. So, like, he's really beating the shit out of yourself and trying to, like, you know, physically get as sharp and as, like, is it really helping? Is it, well, you know, there's, there's people that argue that. Right, yes. You know, they're, you know, they're, I've heard high-level guys, you know, at the highest level argue, like, fight, the idea of a fight camp is fucking stupid. Yeah. You should just be in shape and ready to go all the fucking time. Yeah, if you're in the gym, yeah. You, you can ramp up, you know, a little bit here, but, like, yeah, just to beat the fuck out of yourself for eight weeks and then, like, it just, I, I kind of agree with that. I think it's yeah. kind of a piss-poor mentality. Yeah, yeah I, I really do. Yeah, I think that's kind of what the study's saying is like any any changes, any physiological changes you're making in eight weeks are not going to manifest itself on the mat, like in in competition game time. at game time. And so, yeah, if you're if you're trying to use one, if you're trying to use your fight camp to get in shape, well, fuck you, you shouldn't be doing that. I don't know. There, there's well, there's different schools of thought on that. I there's two schools of thought. You know, some people. Use that eight weeks to get in shape. Very little technical training. I mean, just keeping the short sharp. Right. Where other people use that. Well, eight but weeks I mean, to... I mean, like, I'm, when I say get in shape, I mean like the old school. Like, dude, I'm 20 pounds overweight. Yeah. I'm taking a phone call on the couch. You know, I got the ice cream sitting next to me. It's like, oh, okay, I got a fucking. Oh, yeah, got... that's like that. That's what I mean. Okay. Like, like what I mean, like, no, you're tuning it because the thing is, is your your timing and your uh, you know, your specific um, like. You know, match endurance, like the speed, right? There's a different speed of competition, and so working more on on that makes sense. But you know, you're not going to increase like trying to uh, beat the shit out of yourself to increase your cardio or strength or something like that. Like it doesn't seem that those gains, like even if you get to the end of that camp and you go to the and you get tested, and they're like, dude, your vertical jump went up. You know, your fucking bench press went up. Like, VO2 max yeah, VO2 went up. max went up. Like, all, everything across the board, man, has gone up from where you were eight weeks ago. Like, the truth is, is it's not really actually going to... Translate. Uh, yeah, it's not going to translate over. It's just, it's too short term. Like, that's why one long... What does work, I think... You know, I don't to study back this up, but obviously eight weeks doesn't translate over. But we both know that, you know, fucking eight months does. Like, you know, eight years does. So, like, there is a point where, you know, if you're consistent in your in your training, it starts to compound itself. And it's like compounding interest with money, which is fucking pretty cool. Uh, anyways. But, yeah, that's, uh, like, that's what, it, how, what training is. It's not made for you to, it's not a short-term fix. It's not a short-term thing. Training is a fucking lifestyle. It is something that, that you need to do with the long-term in mind because, Whatever you're doing in the next eight weeks, whatever you accomplish in the next eight weeks, is not going to matter a whole lot on the mat. Like it's going to take time, but you got you still got to do that, right? That eight weeks is still between you and fucking eight months, so you got to do it. But just be realistic. And two, I think, like we're saying, the, the fight camp nonsense is is it, it's just that it's nonsense, man. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. You know, I think the last person I heard saying that was like Chael Sonnen. Most recently, anyways. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, it's also, it's kind of selfish. So what? So you only show up to the gym on a regular basis and train hard when it's going to benefit you because you got a fight coming up? Yeah. What, about, what about your fucking teammates? 
They got fights coming up. So you should be showing up and training hard for them, whether you have a fight coming up or not. They got tournaments coming up. Yeah. You know, just for you to like half-ass it until you have a fight or a competition and then ramp it up in that eight weeks, that was another you know point he made. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's a good fucking point. Yeah, no, that is a good point, man. I mean, that's... Stay fucking... Like, yeah, it's... it's a, we talk about it all the time, like, being a martial artist or a jiu-jitsu guy or girl, like, it's a fucking lifestyle. Yeah. Day in and day out, man. Oh, even all the actions you can take off the mat, you know, it's, it's a fucking lifestyle. Yeah. No, Anyways, for sure. I know that wasn't the point of you bringing up the study. No, 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 man. <laughs> no, it's, it, it is. It's good. It just... Because you, you see it. I mean, people even just like entering jiu-jitsu tournaments, man. It's like, oh, and then they just start killing themselves with cardio right. and extra workouts and... It's like, dude, like that is not, it's not going to make a difference. Nope. If you were just putting in the work every day. Yeah. Chipping away. Recovery, man. Like to me, that's the, the, the big thing is like, I'd rather, I'd always like with the, with the riders I I train, I'd always ask them like, man, would you rather show up to the starting line? Like uninjured, you know, feeling pretty fresh, feeling good. But you know, maybe you didn't get just all the training in that you wanted to get in or would you rather show up having gotten all the training and you wanted to get in but you're a little tired you got a little nagging injury that you're dealing with like which one would you rather do right right it's like you'd rather show up a little under trained but But feeling feeling fucking good than over trained and it's just if you try and tow that line too many times you end up towing too far over and you end up showing up a little gas. beat up and gas from your training and, and dude if you're showing up on competition day and you're still feeling your fight camp like it's not good that was not fucking good man i wasn't good so anyways um there was that study and then uh there was another study this one's pretty short because i didn't really understand it <laughs> it was it was looking at the physical it was taking trying to see if physical fitness can predict performance in judo and bjj okay so they were taking, they were looking at different fitness factors and then trying to extrapolate what, how much they accounted for someone's performance in judo and BJJ. And I didn't get a chance to look at the whole study, so I can't really, I can't answer a whole lot of questions. Okay. But <laughs> out of the <laughs> abstract, I had some questions. out of the abstract in the conclusion, what I found was interesting is that the, the metabolic fitness variables, so the things that kind of have to do with like cardio, uh, that they were more important in judo, and the neuromuscular fitness models, again, I don't know, but I know like if they're saying like neuromuscular fitness that has to do with like the, the nervous system um, on some level. And so they found that uh, that was more important in jujitsu than judo. And so they found like it was actually really important. I, again, I, I gotta fucking dig more in the study. But it was, uh, I just found it kind of interesting that it was more of the, the neurological fitness that, I mean, because I would argue, that, made, that makes, sense. makes sense, man. Like, jiu-jitsu is a much very more cerebral, technical, technical sport. Judo is very technical also, but it is, it's a faster pace. Right. It's really not, they don't spend much time on the ground, so there's not a ton of... Yeah, I don't mean to take away from the technicality right. of judo, but if you're looking at all of the different possible positions and scenarios... That you can end up in, like jujitsu blows judo like fucking out of the water. I mean, just, just, just due to the rules there's just there's so many positions and different things that, that you got to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I don't think in judo you got to deal with fucking worm guard. No. I could be wrong, 
but briefly. Bri- but that's what yeah, I'm saying, yeah. though. Like you may yeah. get there briefly because of the rule set. Um, you don't need a ton of time there. To yeah, set it up and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but anyways, yeah. So it is a faster pace, more explosive uh, sport, and jujitsu being more of a Slow kind grinding. of yeah, that technical element just is more like and physically too. I would think you're. Um, you know, I could be totally wrong, but I don't, I don't think like judo players necessarily have to be as flexible no, as jujitsu players. They definitely don't. So you know, having to control your limbs in a in a larger range of motion um, is something that is is important in jujitsu, and so yeah, it's not as important in yeah for sure. But again, flexibility, mobility, things like that. So we're just kind of all of this means like we have to fucking cardio training. <laughs> Do jujitsu for cardio training, and then. You know, worry about other shit. So, you'll need isometrics. Yeah. I, I swear, man. Like, you know, we fell in love with the ramping isometrics. We talk about them all the time. I, I like them. But, man, the yielding isometrics with a band, or, you know, if the movie dictates you don't need a band, like, you know, pull a pulled, those are so fucking good, man. They're unbelievably good. Oh, yeah. The bands are the shit. Yeah. Well, that was another thing. Uh, I had Dan John doing the ramping isometrics, and, uh, for a bit and I asked him what he thought and he's like he liked it he liked it for traveling and stuff and then I mentioned that I was doing them with bands now and I saw the little like glimmer in his eyes he's like I think you need to come out with them again with the bands like I think that's where it's at and uh I could see the like click in his head like oh yeah that tension from the band combined with the isometrics is like yeah it's fucking money dude yeah it's a whole nother whole nother uh thing man yeah I I think we need to Work on getting some bands for our Saturday class. I have thought about that. They're not cheap. They're not cheap. That's no. the problem. We need a sponsor. If anybody out there wants to sponsor Grumpy Guy with some fitness bands, we'll be happy to give you a shout out. But uh, <laughs> That's about all we can offer you. That's right. That's right. Uh, but no, I, I've actually looked into it, man. There's a couple things I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind getting some of those hip, the, the, the hip circle bands yep. and some, some bands in general. But... Dude, we get, you know, a dozen people That's showing up. It'd be pretty expensive for us to buy enough bands. Yeah, to, to outfit a whole thing. We'd, yeah. we'd probably have to think about, like, you know, opening a training business <laughs> to capitalize on our investment. <laughs> so. Yeah, being that we're teaching a free class, we're not going to get that money back. No, no, we're not. We're not getting that uh, return on investment back real <laughs> we quick. We are not. But. Uh, we could put a tip cup out front. Yeah, we could. I think the yoga model. That's the new. That's the next one. Saturday one is. I don't want to put that out there. I don't expect anything from those motherfuckers. I don't want anything from those motherfuckers. No, really expect more from exactly, us. dude. <laughs> I don't want any. I, exactly. No expectations. As soon as Angela puts a penny in there, like fuck. Now she thinks she's got you know a right to fucking right to about something. see something, and it's like nope. You guys, you guys, you guys can all get your money back <laughs> right now. This does not entitle you to complain. Maybe we should put that on there. Give us money, but don't complain. <laughs> yes! Yes! That's what we got to put on there. That'd be perfect. Okay. Well, we're working towards it, man. Perfect. So, we'll do what uh, Old Girl does and my uh, smudging lady. And put the shoe out. The tip shoe. The karma shoe. The karma shoe. So, uh, anyways. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got on on bro science and, and random shit sweet yeah a bunch of other random shit I don't I didn't tell you yet I'm headed back to Michigan 
in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah? Actually, like a week from this Sunday. Nice, man. I'm just cruise back Good to good old hometown and see mom and dad. Visit the folks. Visit the folks. Good. I'm excited to see the folks. I'm not excited about going back to Michigan. Yeah, makes you happy to come back home. It does. So, yeah, I was actually talking to somebody in Michigan this morning. One of the the uh, guys I was interviewing was uh, I I don't know like Bloomfield, yep. Michigan or something. <laughs> so, but I told him about you because he said he had a friend who came out uh, to Colorado to visit and then moved back and he was there for like a week and moved sold back. everything and moved to Colorado. I was like, that's kind of what happened to my buddy Rob. Pretty soon, I came out here to be a ski bum and try to go back home and uh, decided it wasn't going to work. Yep. So. That happens a lot. Yeah. Especially people from Michigan. Yeah. Because once you see the Rocky Mountains for the first time, you're like, why in the fuck am I living in a place like Michigan or yeah. Iowa when I can live in Colorado? Yeah. I mean, there's good shit. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's a cool place. All the lakes are pretty cool. Yeah. It, it, it's not that bad of a place. But, I'm just kind of talking shit. I know. It's hard. But the thing is, is it is. Like, I still catch myself. I've been here for over 10 years. And I'm still walking around sometimes. i got to just take it all in. Yeah. And like, dude, I cannot believe it is where I live. See, dude, there is. There, I, I fully appreciate where we live. Like, I do not take it for granted. You know, in like, my job, I'm out in the mountains a lot. Yeah, there's plenty of times I stop and just look around and doing this. See, it looks cartoonish. Yeah, you know, like all the these huge fake. white snow-capped mountains. You know, it looks you know it looks like the fucking postcards people send around. Yeah, you, you're in it. You're standing in the postcard. And, it's like a Bob Ross painting. It is. You're standing in the middle of fucking Bob Ross Avenue. Yeah, it's, man. It's crazy. And yeah, when you take a minute and look around, it's it, it, there is there's so many times it's like, dude, this is does not seem real. No, I think this might prove I'm in a simulation. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyhow, so that's super random. I know everybody was so concerned about my travel plans. Yeah, no, I man, I am. I'm glad this is the, the podcast is how you communicate with uh, half the people in the gym too. True. So now Keely knows and all yeah. that. So when they're asking where's Rob, that's really how the this all started. Cause it we was. Got, we got sick of repeating ourselves to fucking new people all the time. Yeah, that's else. right. It's like advice to white belts. So man. we started, started talking, one. recording it. That's right, in a closet. <laughs> closet <laughs> on, slash on massage the, room. On the fucking massage table. Yeah. That's right. That was the beginning of the grumpy guy. That was, man. Before, before the, right before noon class. So. We need to have that on like a flyer when people sign up. Like, don't ask very many questions until you listen to episodes one through five. Yeah. Then you're allowed to ask some questions after that. Yeah. Just some sort of requirement. Yeah, somehow it gets around, man. More people uh, who come in. Listen to your podcast. Yeah, the, I, I think I've said it on here, but the dude who runs the cryo place listens to us. So, and he was, yeah. when I was just in there the other day, he told me he was listening to the most recent episode, <laughs> but some customers came in and he had to turn it off. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're probably not very uh, not sufficient business. for work. Yeah, not sufficient for the workplace. No. He's like, no. yeah, but he's like, I picked up on that pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This shit's funny, though. That is funny. All right, yeah. man. So, the subject for today. The subject for today. You want to share it? No, you got it, buddy. What is our so, subject? If we were emperors of all BJJ. Okay. Is that that's what is we that it? Is right? that what we're going with? The less hateful version? Uh, yeah. Because well, okay, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll go. We'll share. <laughs> we'll, we'll, okay. <laughs> being, being that you said that, we'll enlighten everybody with the conversation that you and I had yesterday. So I called you yesterday evening, all fucking fired up. I'm like, hey, I got a subject for tomorrow. 
And it was, I said to James, let's talk shit about IBJJF. <laughs> and he's like, well, funny that you should say that, because I was kind of thinking the same thing, but I was going to word it as, if we were emperors of the BJJ world, what would we change? And it would probably end up involving some major IB, IBJJF shit. changes. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. So either either how, either way. Either title will work. Either title will work. It was funny, because like, I, I came up with it, and I was like, oh, yeah. Because I was, it was going to be like a secret, right? Or not like a secret. Like, I wasn't going to tell you to talk shit about the IBJJF, but I knew that that subject would set you off on them. Yeah. So I was fully like, <laughs> yeah, dude, this is going to get Rob going off on IBJJF. And then you call me and you're like, hey, I want to talk shit about IBJJF. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's funny. You should say that. So, um, so anyways, yes, that is what we're discussing is if we were able to fix the jiu-jitsu universe, which there's a lot good about the jiu-jitsu universe. There is. is. But I would say that if there's one kind of like weird little elephant in the room, uh, it's that uh, the IBJJF has got some freaking issues. Well, uh, you know, it's funny that you say that because so like I called you or just explained that conversation to everybody. And then I, when you said the emperor thing, I was like, well, that's a good way to approach it. So when I sat down last night, I like, I thought it was going to be super easy. I was like, okay, if I was emperor of this jiu-jitsu universe, what would I fix? And then so I, I was trying to think of non-IBJJF things, so I didn't just shit talk them the whole time. And I had a hard time. It was That's more, a hard time. It was more difficult than I thought. I thought I was just, dude, I thought I was going to have like a page, a list full. I thought I was just going to be able to sit down, crank out a list, and I was going to have to start crossing stuff off. Like, this is dumb, this is dumb, you know. Just, but no, I sat down and I'm like... All right, I can't do this sober. So then I went outside and smoked a blunt. <laughs> and I came back in. I was like, all right, let's try this again. I was, still the same thing. I was like, man, there's, like, the jiu-jitsu universe is pretty fucking cool as a whole. There's not a ton that I would, like, try to fix, quote-unquote, fix. And, uh, yeah, but anyway. So it ended up devolving back to shit-talking IBJJF. Yeah. You know, it's funny, though. There's a lot of the stuff outside of IBJJF came about because of people not liking IBJJF. So like a lot right. of the, you know, like the EBI, which, you know, and a lot of the submission like the only and, yeah. Uh, tournaments. And, yeah, exactly. There was a lot of, so that, that, I think that's probably the reason is like, you know, people are also looking like, well, how the fuck would I fix this? Well, they, they went and they've done some things. And so like, I think the, the jujitsu world, like you said, man, is there's a ton of great things going on. Um, but yeah, that, uh, a lot of the things, because I, I tried to do the same thing. I was like, all right, what would I fix about the jiu-jitsu universe? And like, it all kept coming back to advantages and shit like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I told told that thought. Dude. I got a piss at a racehorse. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Really, but right. All right, well. I hope you guys are entertained by that. He wasn't very talkative today. No. But I'll probably leave most of that in. Okay. We'll see when I come to yeah. this final edit. Yeah, yeah. I got him a Swiss Army knife, and he's already cut himself four times with it so <laughs> that's why I figured it'd be an appropriate message for future Z yeah don't cut yourself he's learning he's learning there's only so many ways you can cut yourself I had to show him how to how to cut how to whittle yeah, teaching him how I, to like take a stick yep yeah, I was gonna ask you I was just gonna ask that have you yeah. figured, taught him how to whittle yet yeah make a little spear make a little spear yes <laughs> make, use your sharp object to make more sharp objects yeah I know <laughs> yesterday we made one we were out hiking and I made him a little little sharp stick and he wants to run around with it so i had to show him like how to hold it appropriately like so you don't get stuck yeah you don't hold it with it like facing up you hold it facing down so there's a whole you know I told him if you ever see someone holding a knife and they're holding it facing up you know they don't know what they're doing with it that's right so 
it's uh anyways so now i have to teach him how to not stab himself with things <laughs> it's an important lesson to it's learn important lessons man for sure but that was the age i remember getting a knife around that age okay i had one just like that I yep. my first little swiss army knife i think mine was red I yeah right they had a red one but he blue he is his blue. favorite color so. i would have rather had a blue one so yeah, he's all about the blue yeah. but uh yeah so Zian's pocket knife adventures hell yeah so he's all yeah, yesterday he's bleeding. That's right. <laughs> yesterday he's bleeding. He reopened the cut. And I told you the story, but it's just so fucking funny. I like to share it. He's like holding the the cut. He, he was playing on the monkey bars, hit it on something, reopened one of the cuts, and he's bleeding. And uh, he's holding his shirt on it to try and stop the bleeding. And I'm like, man, you're going to ruin your shirt. You're getting blood all over it. And it's got it's a tank top that's got a big shark on the front. And he's like, I'm holding it over the shark's mouth so it looks like he ate somebody. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it looked great. And sure enough, you know, when he was done, I mean, kind of looked it, like yeah, that. the blood was all around the mouth of the shark and it looked uh, looked like he ate somebody. Perfect. So, but it's just, dude, that's part of his thought process. It's like, well, I'm going to have to get my shirt bloody. Might as well get it bloody. Might as well make it, yeah, exactly. Make it look like my shark ate somebody. Perfect. So, yeah, 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 I know. Anyways. Anyways. All right. So, back, back to, to the, the, the emperors of BJJ. The task at hand, which is fixing. Not a lot of, not a lot of fixing. Fixing. I don't know, so what do you got? I don't know, I was going to ask you what you got. Make me what do first. I got? Yeah. I'll go first. Right. I got, uh, I, I got, um, well, I got four things. I said, yes. one, like, get rid of advantages. The, the advantage system is just a weird, weird thing. Um... Stop charging membership fees, especially for like, I don't know, this whole thing, like the white belt and blue belt's not got to pay. Everybody. Like, everybody's got to pay. It's like, I don't know. Again, I, I don't understand all the logistics, but like I have to pay money so that I can have the right privilege to pay money. of entering the most expensive tournaments out there already yep. kind of thing. So I feel like that's a little uh, harsh. Um, stop penalizing leg lockers with your ridiculous reaping and you know giving people sweet points for coming up on a fucking straight ankle lock and shit like that and uh the last one i put is uh don't poach scenes that other people have built so which was kind of the impetus for you being all mad at ibjjf in the first place right and we'll elaborate on that is because ibjjf just i think last year was the first year they did it yeah. the denver open yeah and last year they did it within about a month of the fight to win. Fight to win is the tournament Seth Daniels puts on. It's a great fucking tournament, dude. Like the guy does an awesome job. It's well ran. You get a ton of matches for not that much money, and it's safe. Refs are good. Like, dude, it's a good fucking event. I've been to a lot of shit jujitsu tournaments in my 14, 15 years doing this, and his is not one of them. It's like it's legit. And these fucking IBJJF comes in and does it within a weekend of his tournament. Yeah. Man, fuck off, man. Yeah, I know. That, that's, that's, to me, that's super annoying. Like, yeah. I, I mean, um, Seth probably doesn't give a fuck. You know, but would it, like, it's got to affect the attendance. Yeah. I mean, I bet you... I, I guess that's the thing, though. Like, that's the weird thing, man. Like, it, with the... It, it's got to affect it on some level. It probably doesn't affect it as much as we think. No, it probably doesn't. Because that's the weird thing with IBJJF is, man, outside of, like, your big tournaments right um or like they're not fucking super well attended no like the denver open's not like i, I think not last, last year i had two guys in my division yeah 
yeah, yeah, two yeah. or two other guys, three of us. Right. You go on like Masters Worlds, like right. there's big divisions and, right. and shit there. But yeah, I, I, you know, Kelly went to the Vegas Open. I did too. That, that was when I got point raped as a fucking black belt. Yeah. My first tournament as a black belt. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I remember that now. Oh yeah, I'm traumatized. But she yeah. had one yep. person, right? So all that money, all that time, all that effort, and you show up and you got one other person in your division. And uh, so it's kind of a an interesting thing that, but for some reason, like man, people the IBJJF just has this like those like, those four letters are there's mystique, yeah, there's, there's mystique. It's there's like, like oh, I won the IBJJF Las Vegas Open, and it's like yeah, there was like one other person deal. in your fucking yeah, division. You won one, you beat one guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but people want that 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 the. Like I said, there's something with that. So that's the weird thing. I, I We've talked about this before. Like, I don't get it, right? Like, I, I got into jiu-jitsu seven years ago. So by the time I got into it, like, the IBJJF was just the entrenched entity that it is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't I don't understand what the infatuation is um, with it. Well, I but, think it's what, the, what it is. I, I've tried to think about this and come up with a logical reason. I can't really... But I can speculate. Is it for the big tournaments? Yes, you know, like your Masters Worlds. That's a huge one. You're gonna go get a ton of good match. You know, I mean, if you win, you're gonna get a ton of good matches. You're yeah. gonna have a lot of competitors in your division, for the most part. You know, unless you're some obscure fucking division, right? Unless you're a guy that walks around at 110 pounds, like good luck. But anyways, and so the big tournaments, yes, you know, I get that, you know. But beyond that, like, I think it kind of trickles over into the, these Opens because the Opens are all the regular ones, you know, the yeah. Denver Open, Vegas Open, New York Open, blah, blah, blah. There's a bunch of them. And, okay, if you, I, I, they're, they will be important if you're basically like a full-time jiu-jitsu guy and you're trying to rack up the points, like, you know, because Black Belt says they win. If they win these Opens, they rack up points and then, then they can go do the fucking championships, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I get that. But for your average BJJ enthusiast, your fucking weekend warrior, they don't mean a fucking thing. Yeah. And, and for the amount of money, you know, your $100 and you're going to go get one match, two two matches, fuck off. You can go to the fight to win, spend 60, you know, let's say 80 or whatever it is, you do two divisions, and you're going to get a shitload of matches, dude. Yeah. You're going to get at least four matches. Yeah, you know, if you double, double elimination. Yeah. So you're going to at least get your ass whooped four times. <laughs> and you can sign up for a bunch of fucking divisions, and yeah, dude, you can you can walk away from a tournament day having ten plus matches if yeah. you wanted. Dude, that and that's what it's about. It's the experience, and that that's you know that you touched on a lot of the same things I would like. I basically just said like IBJJF rule fix, and that encompasses everything: the stupid reaping, you know, open up, you know, straight ankles and knee bars, all the way up. Yeah, you know, like there's a ton of fixes they need to do with the advantages. The fucking stupid. You know, there's a lot of dumb shit, but yeah, that the one of the things I said the, around that was change, basically changing the culture and eliminating the fucking importance, quote unquote, of IBJJF tournaments. Yeah, and they just fuck off. They, they, I think they're just they think they're they think they are the end all be all to jiu-jitsu tournaments, and they're not. There's other guys out there killing the game, running fucking awesome tournaments for less money. Yeah, and getting great experience. And, you know, if it's up, like, for my students or, you know, my training partners, you know, if there's an IBJJF or a fight to win side by side, I'm going to tell them every time to go do the fight to win. Going to school, dude? Have fun, dude. All right. Tell everybody bye. Bye. Thanks, dude. Have a good day.
I will. He wants to touch that microphone so bad, man. It is just like takes Kills everything him. in him to not hit that thing. First thing he did when he walked in here was like start tapping it. Oh, it's yeah. gonna, everybody's gonna love that. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, man. No, that's funny you mentioned. I, I totally forgot they got those stupid ass rules about uh, knee bars and TOEFL. Yeah, you can't even do a knee bar at Purple Bell, right? No, uh, uh-uh. no. No. Get out of it's here. It's fucking man. retarded, it's dude. So it's stupid, so stupid, man. man. It's so stupid. Yeah, the reaping rule is stupid. You can't do knee bars. The advantage rule is yeah, fucking stupid. The advantage rule is ridiculous. There's just there's a lot of things. That, so I guess in my mind I'm trying to if while you're talking, I was thinking like, okay. One, like we're our perspective is our perspective. Correct. Right? And so like I would I think like the if the IBJJF tournaments are like that's where you go to be able to compete against the best of the best. Right. Like, if that's what's going on, then you can kind of see it. And so... Again, and, at, and at the big ones, that is what happens. At the big ones, that is what happens. Yeah, I mean, rule set aside, right? right. What, what you're doing is you're crowning who's the best at that rule set. Correct. Like, let's not fucking say who's the best at jujitsu. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, it, it's who's the best at that rule set. Um... And, you know, jiu-jitsu obviously plays a part of it, but it is. It's, it, it, anytime you compete, I mean, I tell people this, no matter what it is, it's like taking a test. You have to agree to the standards that they're grading the test by for the test to be important to you. Correct. Right? So if you take an IQ test and you're like, well, the standards that you're grading this by are fucking ridiculous. Like, I'm not, I don't give a fuck what you tell me my IQ is. So it's kind of the same thing when you're competing, uh, it, 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 and it's kind of been my mindset like going into the last few IBJJF tournaments is like man if I get disqualified over some stupid rule set thing like whatever like I'm, I'm not I'm just I'm gonna do my jujitsu and, and not like try and worry too much about like ah this, this you know whatever but uh, yeah but if that's your you know if your goal is trying to face the best like I know like uh, um, I think like the New York Opens coming up or something mm-hmm. like that like man i'll bet in a really densely populated area like that i'm sure they get a big turnout i'll bet they big big they get a big turnout they get you know schools coming that you don't normally get to catch at the local tournaments and stuff and so um because i know they do a fucking shit ton of local tournaments around that area as well uh but so i can see that i can see that argument like hey this is where in in, in certain areas that tournament draws that, but th- like you said, the problem though is is that's not the that's not the experience, and that's not where everyone is. And so, like for us with Denver, we have like the opposite experience. It's like, dude, like it's what am I entering this fucking tournament for? Like yeah. this is not where I'm going to get the most matches against the best of the best. Like the only reason that anybody cares is because it's got those four fucking letters attached to it. That's it. Five. Five letters, sorry. You're right. Thank you. I guess I said four before, so I'll have to edit my few, my former self. <laughs> Just um, say the word five. Five. All right. Now I can go splice that. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's where that's where it gets uh, ridiculous. I think is um, just that 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 kind of that that pressure outside of those areas like i said if you're saying hey i want to go compete the ibjjf tournament because that's where the best are competing and i'm going to get the most matches and it's going to be the best experience and the best test of my jiu-jitsu great but if you're like i'm going to compete at the ibjjf because it's the ibjjf, it's the IBJJF that's where i'm like what the fuck are we doing here yeah. man well and yeah 
and that's for most of us, you know, I'm sure almost everybody listening to this podcast is just a fucking hobbyist and just love jujitsu. You want to go get the most experience for your time. Cause you know, I mean, you're traveling there, you're spending money on a hotel. Like it's an expensive weekend. So you might as well make it worth your trip. And dude, hands like there, it's not even a tough decision for me. Cause you know, for guys like us competing is just all about testing yourself and seeing where your jujitsu is at. So you might as well test yourself as much as you can. Yeah. And, and it's not, you're, you're going to get way uh, better test of your skills at the fight to win for our, in, in our example. Yeah. Than anywhere near, than anywhere close to the fucking IBJJF. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I, this whole thing, them open, doing this IBJJF within a week in a CES tournament just fucking annoyed me this year. Yeah. I mean, is. I can't compete anyways. Cause right. Team, but. Yeah. No, it, it's funny. We were talking about that. It's uh it seems like the IBJJF is kind of like uh, the, the Maverick gas station. Like that's the, you know, again, if you live in Colorado, you know, I don't know if Ma- where the Maverick brand goes, but everybody's got these gas station brands that they, they, they look around and they see like, oh, look, that fucking mom and pop or smaller gas station is doing really well right there. Let's open up a huge one. I'm going to open up a huge one across the street from them and yep. put them out of business. I mean, I've seen Maverick do that to fucking at least three or four gas stations. All over this town. All right? over this town. And so it's a, and, and so that's what I what I saw. Like man, IBJJF didn't want anything to do with Denver forever. And Seth is there grinding, representing jujitsu, putting on tournaments four times a year. Everyone knows when they are. It's not a fucking mystery when he when he does them. And then all of a sudden, oh, Denver Open is here. And now all of a sudden there's like you know, now and then the next year they're doing it the weekend after his tournament. And it, it, that's why it does. It smacks of like, come on, man! Like you guys, you, you let him cultivate and build this scene to the point that you guys are like, oh, now it's worth going there. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, like, don't be so fucking obvious. Like, like, like have the tournament a month away or like doing the middle of summer. Yeah, man. There's just so many like, other times you like can it, do it. Seth's schedule is not a top fucking secret info. No. It's, you know what, February, May, August, and November. Yeah. I mean, within a couple weeks here or there. You know what I mean? It's always then. Do the mother IBJJF come in in like fucking July or something? June. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a little, little, uh, yeah. Come in with their stupid fucking rules. I know. I know. That's the thing, man. I, I don't, I don't, when I look at it, it is, it, it, it is frustrating. So, yeah, I got to pay 40 bucks for a membership fee. You guys are charging me a hundred dollars to enter, to enter, and that's by enter like super ahead of time. And that's one that's gi. You're doing gi and no gi, so okay, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, right? So if you, yeah, so if you enter both, you're in, you know, you're. I think they cut your deal, but it's still expensive as shit. Yeah, it's still expensive as shit. And then, uh, yeah, and, and then I got to worry about reaping whether I can do knee bars. Is uh, your rash guard the correct color? Right, 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 right. Do you have enough percentage of purple on your rash guard Ooh, is, to is, step on the mat? Is my belt a little raggedy? Yeah. Is it long enough? Is it long enough? Yes. Oh, it's frayed a little bit because I train a lot. Right. Nope, can't compete with can't that. Can't compete with that. Dude, that's the thing with me. I'm like, I don't want to... Like, this is my fucking belt, man. Wait, that's how stupid... So at the last... I remember remember <laughs> this scenario at the last IBJJF Denver. Our buddy George from Montrose. Yeah. He was doing the gi inspection and his belt was a touch too long. And, and he was, you know, like, oh, fuck, I need another belt. I was like, come here. And I showed him how to do a different knot yeah. to take up more slack. We just tied it differently. He went to the gear inspection line just fine. Right. Yeah. If you know how to tie it right, yes. 
what the yeah. fuck? That's all I get. Really? Yeah. Really? He just had to tie a different knot in it, and then now he passes the inspection. How does how does that affect fucking anything? I'm sorry. Yeah. I get a little fired up. No, now. I know, I know. It's it's a it's a funny thing. It is. It's just like the tournaments themselves aren't. I mean, you know, they're they're reasonably well ran. Yeah, they're well ran. You definitely got it, you. It, you know about when you're going to compete yeah. and stuff, so that's nice. So I mean, again, there's not. It's not all. But it's just, it's the totality of it. Correct. It's like, wait a minute, I paid how much for this? Right. And, you know, I got to pay a membership fee. And wait a minute, our buddy just got DQ'd for what fucking reason? You know, like, that's that, that that's also there. Um, and I remember, like, the couple Masters Worlds ago when, like, Shea got disqualified. He went to single leg X and got his foot a little too far across the hip. And, up oh, disqualified. Done. Done. And, and it's like, oh, how about when Rolly got DQ'd? Yeah. And everyone's like, what fucking obscure-ass rule did did he get fucking DQ'd on? Oh, you can't... I, can't... I still can't even repeat it. It's like I kind of understood what he did, but he basically attacked the wrong the leg. The wrong leg. Yeah. He fell the way he fell to the side, it was, he should have attacked the other leg versus the other leg. Yeah, yeah. So, so stupid. Yeah, it was a ridiculous At rule. At one of the highest levels Highest the levels, man. And yeah, so you're that's, that's where it's the totality of it. And it's like is where it's like fuck, man. Yeah, what are we doing here? Why do we continue to support this? But that's the I don't know, man. That's a tough thing. People still, it's important, man. To you, you win the fucking the, to the big name guys. It's important. So for whatever reason. Yep, that'd be the first fix. If I run this jujitsu universe, that'd be the first fix. Is just share share this information with everybody. Let them know that. Bullocks, just strip the importance away from IBJJF. Yeah, change the culture. Yeah, it's, if you want to compete, then you need to look at what is your best opportunity for competing. And if that's and, if that's IBJJF, then great. That's great. But if it's not, then don't pass up good competing. opportunities to compete because Correct. you're doing IBJJF just because everybody says that you're supposed to. Correct. I think that's kind of the. But I would also fix because there are some fucking shitty tournaments out there. That are disorganized, you know. Oh yeah, dirty and nasty. Like I've been to some shit shows that have taken forever, dude. Yeah, I've, I've, it's a lot better nowadays. There's not as many shit shows around, but there is. There's still people that run fucking <laughs> tournaments that should not be running fucking tournaments. I man. remember me and Kelly went to a fucking Naga. Nagas that notorious was for being ridiculous. Sh- and you got started late in the game, dude. I went to it, dude. I went to a Naga back in like 2000. It must have been five, four, five. In Chicago, that was just what I mean. This thing was horrendous, and how disorganized it was. Like, I didn't have my first match until like eight o'clock at night. We get there at fucking eight or nine o'clock in the morning, and I ended up having like two matches, and I still hadn't done like my no gi division or some or gi division. I, I walked out, I was like, "Fuck you guys!" By this yeah. time, it was like ten o'clock at night, and dude, the Nagas are notorious for being sh- fucking shit shows. And I don't know why they've been in the game forever. Yeah. Still to this day, I hear nightmares. You guys are talking. You're talking about it. Yeah, it was a few years ago. I mean, apparently, this is when they. I don't know if they've changed. They they sent out an email saying they've changed an electronic system. But this is back when they were using a fucking card. They had like you'd get a card, and they, they had like a folder with like the the plastic sleeves, and they're like trying to oh, run it like that. And it was like, what are you guys doing over here? And uh, yeah, it took forever. And God, dude, that was such a shit show. That was funny. There weren't enough girls in her division. That's right. So they didn't tell her she'd entered the master's division. And they didn't tell her that she had the option to just enter the regular 
blue belt Beautiful. open division. They came to her and they said, hey, there's no one in your division. Would you mind? They basically wanted to create a bracket. They had two other girls that also had nobody else in their division. And so they wanted to create a bracket for these three girls. And like one, they were, one was 15 and like one was 16. They were both young. But the thing was, is one was uh, lighter than the other. There was a big weight discrepancy. And so like Kelly was in the middle of them. And so they wanted to like just throw them all together into this, into this weird little bracket. And like I said, at no point did they tell her like, oh, you can uh, just enter the open. And so she's, yeah, it was, it was a funny thing, man. It was, it was frustrating for her because she like had to whip the shit out of that poor, like the younger girl who was smaller than her. And then the other girl was like some weird, uh, like competition prodigy chick that it was like, well, why are you competing against, like, she should have been competing in the open, the adult, the yeah. adult division, right. you know, like she was, she, like she beat Kiele and she was obviously really good. Like she beat that fucking, the younger girl that Kiele beat too. But like, dude, I got a picture of somewhere. I think she was up like 57 and nothing. <laughs> Literally 57. Literally, dude. It was, I mean, the girl was almost crying on the bottom. It was like, it was a point rapage. Yeah. It was one of those where she was just working the point. She never tried to finish her. Just it was around. just straight like, oh, let me catch half guard. Boom, out, mount. Oh, let's catch half guard. Boom, out, mount. Oh, catch half guard. Boom, out, mount. For fucking the whole time. And it's like, what are you, this is, this is was ridiculous, man. I, I remember I was so pissed. I was disgusted that this was like, a display of sportsmanship, yeah. you know, like the fuck, and the coach is sitting there, like encouraging it. it. Yeah, just submit her. Right. It's we should be. Hey, finish her. Finish her. Finish her. Finish this. We're yeah. Doing. What are we doing here? Finish like, her. hey, man, you're up twenty five to nothing. This girl's obviously not going to do anything. Just finish it. Just finish done. it and be done. But she, she was just doing like, but that's the thing though, man. She was she was training for competition. Like competition in general is a funny thing. Yeah. So I mean, we've. It's like, dude, go. I'm trying to pretend kill you, and you're trying to pretend kill me. But you run into people. So I was talking to Dan John about that. Um, how in jujitsu, we were just talking about how like in different sports, people confuse, like, you know, competing, like the the, the rules of competition for competition itself or something. Like, basically, like the whole point of the point system behind jujitsu was to give you a clear route. To get to a dominant position to, to kill finish somebody. the fucking fight. Yes, that's 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 what the point system was designed for, and that's what it should be used for. Right. It was it was it was a guide to give you an idea of whether you were you were moving ahead or losing ground. Like right. what was the route for you to get to a dominant position to finish the fight? Exactly. Not to score points. Like scoring points was not the point of the points. Right. But somewhere along the lines, it, it became, became the, the point, point of the, the points. points. Yeah. And then that's where advantages come in, yep. and all this other weird shit. So, like to me, man, I like you know, I I don't know. I think that there's points are a weird thing. Uh, so, I think that uh, and, yeah. Anyways, submission attempts should be worth points. But that's where advantages sometimes. are they? Sometimes. See, I are. think a legitimate submission attempt should be worth like a point. Actually, not... actually, I think you know the shit talking we did about Naga. I pretty sure Nogger gives you points for legit submission attempts. That's, yeah. So that's, I think that's good, man. Dude, if I got someone and they, and, and you know, like if they're having to defend it. Right. Like they're having to defend it, like, and, and, you know, 
then like, okay, that's a legit yeah. fucking submission attempt. Yeah. So that deserves something more than a advantage, man. It's like, dude, I slapped fucking four submission attempts on you and you stood up on me once when I had you in a straight ankle and you win. Yeah. <laughs> like I think there's some tournaments that like that spider invitational that they yeah. do, like that pro league. I, I think they get points for submission attempts. Yeah. If I recall. There's a few out there that do. Yeah, that would be one thing if I was gonna fix the jujitsu universe is like figure out the point system a way to make uh, submission yeah. attempts more yeah. valuable because men are hard to fucking get to you're not always going to finish them dude because who, who you're you fucking fighting someone else good yeah. like you hope right like you want a good fight you don't want someone who's a fucking slouch so man sometimes just locking up a good submission attempt on someone who's really good like man we know that's that's a, worth something that's worth something man it's like all right like, okay, you need to finish it next time, but god damn, it's fucking hard to get there against good guys sometimes. So, um, but anyways, yeah, I don't know what the fuck all that means. So, there you go. That summed up a lot of what I would fix. You know, the, the tournament for and the culture surrounding the tournaments. You know, I, I do like all the things that you see nowadays, the different formats that are coming out. Um, on that same vein, I would, uh, build a badass basically like the quintet you know a team based yeah and team based and I would even like to do like a season type thing like the PFL ooh that'd be cool it'd be fucking cool man teams from each city and I pay them you know if I'm emperor so I can run this shit they all can be so you can pay them enough to be professional athletes have a season have a team from each city and it'd be fucking man. have a little league that'd be that was, you know, me really... I may have been kind of high by the time I got to this idea. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, though, man. I could see, I mean, if, if money was not an issue. Yeah. You know, and, you know, if I was Scrooge McDuck and I could make this happen, I would fucking do that. Yeah, that'd be... It'd be cool as shit, man. That would be cool. That may be, like, the pathway to, you know, jiu-jitsu. Because the, the, the team thing is definitely compelling. Yep. I mean, it's it's in some ways... It's, it's definitely more compelling than just, like, individual matches and then the, and then you put that with the other compelling thing a season right and you get yeah. a, a city so yep. people are like rooting for their tribe yep dude I'm, I'm with you man well, they used to have that like the world series of fighting or whatever or, or uh, no no no, like... no it was uh man back in the day uh, it wasn't the world series of fighting it was the IFL okay yeah was the name of it yeah cause they had teams they from had cities team, they had teams from I'm pretty they, sure it was IFL they'd have like city versus city he's actually one of like my first coach Don Don Richard I believe he got on I think it was I don't know if it was like the Michigan team he, like he got on the team like they had tryouts he made cool. the team and then like the IFL like, I think he had like they had one fight night you know to warrant his team versus the other team and then that was about when the IFL went under yeah, I'm pretty sure it was IFL. I, I can yeah. see the logo in my head, man, but I can't. I think so. But I, they yeah. just kind of went under. I totally man. remember that though. That was, but that ran out of money. Was, yeah, really. a little ahead of their time. That's the. They had the right idea. My my good idea. My my eyes. Anyway. No, I like that. I like the I like the the team, um, format. I think that's definitely part of the the future of of competition in jujitsu. Well, so. and to make it. More spectator friendly, you got to get the buy in, just like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast buying in the story. And that's why the season's a cool thing. So then having a team is a cool that gets people bought in. Yeah. You build the story, you know, and within it, you don't have to have them shit talking and hating each other to sell the pay per view. You build the story with the league and with the team, right? And so on and so forth. Yeah, so, I just don't, I don't think jujitsu will ever get 
like mainstream popular. Nah, it won't. It, it it's won't. just too cerebral. It's like, why does it just hit them? It's like, well, because they agreed not they to. They agreed not to hit each other. At the beginning. That's how this works. <laughs> so. They made a gentleman's agreement. That's right, man. That's right. But, uh, no, I think that uh, that's good. But that's about it, man. I, think yeah, most... I had the other thing I would change. Um, is really just the, the overall culture jiu-jitsu and getting more importance placed on um, physical health and, sh- and the strength and conditioning side of it. Because still to this day, there's a lot of fucking jiu-jitsu guys out there that don't give a shit about that. They don't see the importance of it. I don't know why. It's always been in the jiu-jitsu culture since I've been. I mean, there's, all, there's always, um, I don't want to call them outliers, but guys like us that see the importance of it um, there's there's definitely a lot of us out there, but there's more that don't. Like their only training is jujitsu, and I just think from a longevity standpoint, an overall health standpoint, I don't think it's good. Yeah, no, it's and I right. feel like a little bit of a hypocrite saying that as I'm sitting here recovering from fucking <laughs> knee surgery number two. I can't attribute to these knee injuries to whether I didn't prepare myself enough or fucking shit genetics. I don't have a good reason as to why they happen. Uh, so like I say, there's I feel a little hypocritical, but in my my eyes, you know, placing more importance on that would keep people healthier longer. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's funny I've told you this before. Like coming from like the mountain biking world, I feel like jujitsu world is all about strength and conditioning. I mean, it's definitely way more baked into the culture than it is a lot of. But it's still not uh, not baked in a lot. Yeah, it's not the it's not the norm. It's you know, I mean, it's. I don't if you were to walk in like today I mean the whole thing like you know strength doesn't matter I think that's just kind of you know the people saying that now are just like parroting bullshit right. from the past it, it's like no strength matters I think most people strength and size fucking matter yeah I think most people would agree if you were to ask them hey man is you know strength and conditioning and mobility training would, would it help is it important like the vast majority of people would say yeah I mean you still run into like again like, I go back to like mountain biking but i I have to argue with mountain bikers as to whether strength training is even fucking important. Really? Oh, yeah. Because they're cyclists, man. Why do I need to do strength training? And so, even though they're studied, like I said, it, it, but like that's the initial hurdle that you almost have to overcome in, in you know, like a, especially in endurance sports, like cycling, is uh, do you even need to strength train in the first place? And, and so, like, for me, jiu-jitsu is uh, a, a breath of fresh air because... At least we can all agree that it's important. That like it could. For the most part, I think I think you are right that the majority of people, if you walked into a gym and there was ten people in there, eight of them would probably agree with you. Yeah. Seven or eight of them would agree with you that yes, it is important. You're gonna have a couple that are gonna be like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. I don't need to do that shit. Right. What do you want? Fucking big biceps. Right. Exactly. So, but the problem is there's a disconnect between what people say and what they do. True. And so I think that's kind of more what you're, you know, uh, getting to is like, for me, I, I like the, the, the culture is more a matter of, um, well, if you guys know it's important, then fucking do it. Then why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it? Right. Like, like don't, you know, don't sing it, bring it. Right. So it's more. <laughs> sing it, bring it. <laughs> Who's it? Scott Hall used to say that shit all the time. I have no idea. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. That's that's fucking hilarious. Fucking, uh, NWO. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> Don't sing it, bring it, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, so I think that's the 
kind of more if I was to say that, that there was something frustrating about it that would be it yeah. which is like how many people I talk to who are like oh yeah man I'd love to you know do some strength training mobility training I know it would help you know oh I got this thing bothering me that I know that that would help and then it's like talk to them next week oh man I'd love to do that and it's like why aren't you doing it and so it's yeah that that's the frustrating thing is um, I, I wish the culture was definitely stronger and in that because we are there's definitely more people who don't than do and so uh, but I think man really I feel like that's it's uh it's, it's moving in a good direction yeah I, I think it is moving in a good direction yeah yeah I think you're always going to be fighting that I think it is you know the problem that we have we have the curse of knowledge like we know how good this shit is and so we look around and we look at everyone and we're like why aren't you doing this shit so like we're always going to be frustrated that there's not more people doing this shit because like why wouldn't you do it? Um, so but yeah, but that's why we we do what we do because if we weren't frustrated, we wouldn't try to spread the word and help people out with some advice and our free grumpy guy class and all that other shit. So okay. we're trying to do our part. Spread the good word. That's right, man. That's right. So no, I think that's a good one. So, That's all I got, man. Yeah, it's, it's so funny, man. I thought we were just bagging on the IBJJF today. I didn't know we were doing the Jiu-Jitsu universe. Oh, really? But no. I, I thought did we did we come to that conclusion when we was had it? the phone? I obviously concluded something <laughs> different. That is so funny that like you called me with one idea and I had another, and we got we off the phone <laughs> and you had my idea and I had yours and ran with it. So that was I pretty th- funny. I think we fall in. What's the game you always play? What oh, what did Rob hear versus what, what, was, actually what said. was said versus what did Rob, Rob hear? I think that's, that's right. right. Yeah, it tends to happen a lot in my life. No, that's all right. I think that's yeah. kind of what happened. Yeah, <laughs> no, cool. man, that's fine. I mean, I'm just you know, quick fucking really. I can't, I, I think we're both in agreement. Man. There's a lot that's great with jujitsu, there's a lot of sports out there. That yeah, we're just kind of whining and bitching. There's a lot of great things. Yeah, yeah, and the IBJJF has done a lot of great for the sport. Yeah, you can't discount that. Yeah. But there's just a lot of shit. We almost have to come across like, because there's some, there's just some people who are so into it that you almost have to come across like really fucking opposite. To get them to listen. To get people to listen. It's like, oh wow, there may be another way of looking at it. Make them think a little bit. Because I'll be at Masters Worlds probably. I mean, I'm still going to fucking. Probably not competing. Yeah. I probably won't be going this year. Obviously, I mean, I won't won't even be live rolling by then. Yeah. And and I will, I'll just be getting back to work in fucking July. Mm. So to turn around and take a week off in August. Yeah. And I don't see myself heading to Vegas this year for that. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Things may change. It's understandable. But. It's always a fun week. So. Weekend. But anyways, my point is I am a hypocritical shit talker. Oh, yeah. So I will be not like I don't ever. Uh, but not necessarily because we, we did place the the caveat on like the big tournaments. Like, man, yeah. like if you want to show up and have some really good tough matches yeah man like you're the big ones like for us Masters Worlds like that's a big fucking tournament yeah very rarely do old fucks like us get to go to a tournament and there's 10 people in your division or whatever right. it is you know what I mean it's yeah. even more if I was like IBJJ if I do something like maybe you don't need a membership to enter the opens right like if you, you want to enter the big ones you gotta yeah. get the membership fee or whatever but it's like dude, you can't tell me that they wouldn't attract way more people to the Denver Open, if you didn't have to be an IBJJF member right. to compete, like it, yeah, because like, before it was just brown and black belts, right? And then I think they moved it down to purple for right? the time, yep. and now it's everyone. and now it's everybody. And uh-huh. it was it was a very short period of time 
between where they they made purple belts do it and then they made white. Oh, very sure. Yeah, one. Well, like, you know what they did? They tested the waters. Is yeah. what they did. Yeah, it's been brown and black forever. Forever. For as long as, long as I can remember. Yeah, Anyways. they tested the waters, yeah. and once they realized, like, oh, oh people, people are still pay. gonna come. Oh, let's yeah. get some more money. Yeah, now we're gonna just make white fucking make it all of them. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what they did. Fuckers. I know. I know. Yeah. That's, who, I want, who is like the fucking president of the IBJJF? Who is the see? I don't the know. Head of this cabal. That's another reason I like fight to win because we know it's fucking Seth. You Seth. see the motherfucker out there competing the fuck out of everyone. Yeah. yeah. He's out there competing at his own. He's tournaments. fielding complaints from one person and checking scoring on another. And oh wait, I got a match over here. <laughs> Dude, I've seen him. Yeah, I've seen him do this so many times. Like he'll be. Just getting done with the match, all fucking sweaty and out of breath, and he's dealing with some pissed off competitor. Be like, what? <laughs> yeah. But no, man. Yeah, you know where to find Seth. Yeah, look for you. You're yeah, not wondering. Competing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who's in charge, but like any big political organization, like that's the thing, man. How much of your membership fees is going to just pay for bullshit? Yep. You know. So. Anyways. Anyways, no, it's uh, but. Competing's good, and if that's what you got, man, then go to it. But if you got other options, then go to those as Explore well. Explore other options. And, and choose the best option for you. Yes. So Understand why you're competing. Yes. And then that'll help you make the proper decision. If everybody just worried about themselves, everybody would get better. Yep. So let's end it right there. Let's end it right there. See you all later. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Yeah.